Welcome to The Hidden World of Women, a podcast brought to you by Women's Health and Wellbeing Services. My name is Emma and I'll be your host for today's episode. Welcome to the third episode in our series, Journey into Motherhood. Today I'm joined by another amazing woman. Monique is a mum to four. She has a cleaning business and also works as a sheet metal fabricator assistant, which um, is quite unusual really. You don't see many women who are sheet metal fabricator assistants. Uh, her hobbies include painting Warhammer models and she has three cats and dogs and also enjoys gardening. So thank you very much for joining me today, Monique. Thank you, Emma. How are you today? I am not too bad. Very excited for this conversation because it's about a topic that I actually don't know very much about. Excellent. So we're talking about you donated eggs for IVF. I did, yes. Yeah. So your journey into motherhood itself, your own personal journey, wasn't that, you know, it wasn't out of the ordinary. You've got four babies that you, you know, you fell pregnant with relatively easily and you've, you know, you went through that whole process um, without kind of having to go down any of the alternate routes to becoming a mum. No, not at all. Everything was, yep, I only had to think about it and I was pregnant. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure that's actually how it works. <laughs> no, you get my drift. I do, 100%. Um, so then you decided to donate eggs for IVF? Yeah, sort of. Um, I was sitting at work one day and uh, the local newspaper came around and was dropped off, the Chronicle, and uh, opened it up and had a look. And on one of the front pages, there was a couple who had been uh, waiting on the IVF donation list. Mm -hmm. And um, they'd had two children, but unfortunately, they both had a very rare dystrophy type disease. Mm. Um, By the time the children would be about 10 years old, they would pass. So they'd gone through a series of um, IVF processes themselves. Um, Unfortunately, the genetic disorder was carried by both parents. So they tried splicing her egg, which didn't work. Um, It just made them too weak. So they were looking for a donor. Um, And after reading the story, I was quite heartbroken um, and thought, I wonder if there's anything I can do. And I made contact with the... uh, IVF clinic that was um, putting that advert in the paper. So just for two random strangers? Two random strangers, yeah. Oh, wow. So what was the process from there? Um, So I made contact, um, went in for an appointment. They went through a psychological appointment uh, to make sure that I wasn't some crazy nutter that was going to like jump up and down and demand my eggs back years years later or or something. I was kind of thinking just that, you know, you're just the crazy nutter that sees somebody's story and goes, here, have part of my biological makeup. (laughs) So you have to go through a little bit of screening. Um, Because I was married, they also had to screen my husband to make sure that he was okay with me donating my eggs. I mean, you must have talked to him beforehand. Oh, yes, most definitely. And my children as well. Um, I made sure everybody was aware of what I was thinking and and, um, moving forward we... uh, all sort of went in well not the children but my husband and I went in and had our interviews um we had to agree to having your name on a register where the embryos should they become human beings Mm. that um in 16 years time they could be given your information so in 16 years if they decided to get in contact with you they might get turn up on your doorstep so that was something you had to also be aware of Oh, how did you feel about that? Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. They ask you why you want to donate, what's your reason behind it and what have you. And I mean, mine is that I've had four children. Um, Two of them are adults now and moved out of home and have their own lives. And I have two younger ones still at home. 
Um, but they just bring me so much joy and I can't understand why anybody would want to miss out on that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and if they struggle, of course, you want to be able to um, help where you yeah. can. Because I'm writing a um, – I'm giving a speech tomorrow at an event and sort of saying, you know, from the age of three, mm. all I ever wanted to be was a mum. Yeah. You know, like – and I used to have nightmares that I would accidentally become a nun and then I wouldn't be able to have children, <laughs> um, which didn't happen, thank goodness. But, you know, I can't. As you say, I can't imagine not being able to have children when I mm. wanted to be a mum from the age of three. So yeah. for other people going through that, it's a really beautiful gift. I know not everybody wants children these days. Yeah. But back when I was young, it was something that was, you know, it was just the done thing. You got married, you had children, it was your way, you know, yeah. you followed in your mum's footsteps. So It's funny because there's not that much difference in our age. No. But when I was going to school, it wasn't the done thing. So oh, you needed to have your career first. And once you've had your career, uh, then think about having children. So, okay. you know, I had my first baby when I was 23. And that was, you know, so many people were like, oh, you're ruining your life. You'll never have a career if you're having a baby at this age. And what are you doing? Why aren't you establishing that first? And definitely saying that having a baby was a lesser option than having a career. Wow, because these days you can juggle and have both. Well, that's exactly what I'm doing. You so, know? That's right. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to choose yeah. one or the other. But, um, but yeah, so interesting in just because there are only a few years between us Yeah, that it changed so much so significantly so quickly. Yeah. But anyway, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so you went in, mm-hmm. you, they talked to you, they talked to your husband, you had yep. to go through some psych testing and then yeah. um, obviously you have to agree to them potentially coming and contacting you in 16 years yes and then what what happens from there okay then they did a full physical Mm -hmm. so i had to have a series of blood tests done uh internal and external ultrasounds to ensure that there wasn't any abnormalities in any way Mm. Um, unfortunately if you do have an abnormality in your cervix or uterus or ovaries um, such as cancer going on the hormones can expedite its growth so Ah. they make sure that you are completely healthy in it and the drugs that they give you will not harm you Mm -hmm. Um, then um, on the I think it was the last day of a period they went through a series of injections um, I had to go in from day 12 to about day 16 every day um, for another ultrasound. Um, the injections were very simple, just a little pen that sort of popped in your belly, um, a hormone to... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, just to help the um, ovaries relief, release more ovum rather yeah. than your one or two that you would usually release. Yeah. Um, it helps to sort of up those numbers. So could you self-administer that injection or did you have to have yeah. your husband do that? No, no, I did it myself. Ah. Yeah, It, it was... must be easy now because I think you used mm. to have them... In your butt, which is obviously quite tricky to self-administer. Well, yeah. In your butt would be difficult. No, it was just yeah. uh, a little squeeze of the sort of fat layer on your belly. Yeah. Hopefully you have a fat layer. Yeah. <laughs> and then you put the pen against you, you push a little button on the end of it and it does it. It's, yeah. It was very, very simple. And the yeah. little cartridge just got changed every day when yeah. you were going ahead with that. Um, on a specific day, they would give you what they called a trigger injection. Um, which was to release as many eggs as possible at once. Mm-hmm. So when you're at the right level for the ovums to be released, the trigger would then allow them all to release at once. Then it was in for day surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, an ethotist would come in. Oh, yep. 
and um, administer the drugs for you to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. It's um, called Twilight, I do believe. Ah, okay. So you're so not you you're of... not asleep, but you don't remember yeah. it afterwards. So um, I went in for my. That's my worst fear. What yeah. I'm likely to do or say under twilight sedation. <laughs> I have no idea what I said except that I'm going to be sick apparently was what I'd said quite a lot. Um, I did actually end up vomiting afterwards. It wasn't a, wasn't a very nice situation for me because mm. uh, being a redhead, uh, anaesthetic doesn't work the same on me as what it does on everybody else. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, high tendency to vomit afterwards. So yeah, it wasn't, wasn't pretty. But they managed to um, extract 11 eggs. Um, so oh. they do that vaginally. So um, you're a little sort of tender afterwards. But oh, yeah. it's not like giving birth or anything. So it's just a little tender. Um, they managed to extract 11 um, the first time. And uh, recovery was about an hour and a half afterwards. So it wasn't too bad. I was sore for a day and back at work the following day. Oh, wow. So... so- Okay, I've got questions. Yes. Um, so the the eleven eggs. Do mm-hmm. you know? Do they actually go to the couple that you had seen in the no. newspaper? No. So you don't know, or they didn't? No, they didn't. Ah, okay. They didn't. Um, for uh, when I went in for my initial consultation with them, um, I they had said, had... "Oh, actually, we don't want a redhead." No, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> no, I'd actually I had had tattoos done recently, ah. and you have to have twelve months between a tattoo or piercing before you can donate your eggs. Ah, it must have twelve months in yeah. between, and then you go through a series of blood tests afterwards to ensure that there's no um, HIV, hepatitis yeah, C, any exactly. of those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. full screening. Um, they do compensate you financially um, in the sense that uh, any out-of-pocket expenses for parking, days off work, etc. Yeah. It's around about $1,000, mm. um, which I suppose some people might think is great. No one's getting rich off that. But that yeah, nobody's sorry, getting rich. That doesn't rich. feel like it's a... No. <laughs> it's it's not, not a career all. move that I'm going to make. No, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Mm. Um, but once you hit 40, they can't um, use your, your eggs are no longer viable for them for IVF. So not for donation, possibly for personal, but not donation, unfortunately. So do you, and my other question was, you said that first time. Yes. So you did it again? I did. I did it twice. Mm -hmm. Both times they got 11 eggs, which apparently is quite a high number. Hmm. Um, They usually get around seven, apparently. So 11 is pretty good for them. So then do you know what happens with the eggs? There is a... um, website that you can go to where there's a egg and donation register yeah um you can also if you were to donate sperm you can do the same thing mm-hmm. um i don't know if my husband would like me saying this but he uh, he donated his um for a bit as well yeah. um just to sort of support me along the way yeah. which was great um well you can ask him and if he says he doesn't like you saying it, i'll cut it out okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go no yeah. he, he donated a series of um i think they need uh 11 specimens i think it is in the end mm. which he did um and he has a really high sperm count as well so which is probably one of the reasons that you just need to think about getting pregnant <laughs> yes. and it happens and it's there that's yeah. it <laughs> so do you you don't have any kind of so like there's no control over making sure that they that who you you know you don't get to choose where they go or anything mm. like that they're just there and anyone can access them how does that not work? exactly um when you go through your original screening process they do go through a series of questions um in the sense of 
uh, would it be okay if they were donated to the sa- to a same-sex couple mm-hmm. or a single parent? Um, and you have to obviously answer that quite honestly mm. um, and they will try and keep in mind what your requests would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a problem with same-sex couples. I don't have a problem with single parents. I do believe that uh, double parents is better off for the child's stability but um, not necessary. Yeah. So... Um, they that, were happy with that. Yeah, I think it definitely depends on definitely depends on the parents, doesn't it? You can have some yeah. amazing single parents, and you can have some families that have got two parents that are yeah, just maybe. shocking. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. A hundred percent. Yeah. But then, so you went back and you did it again. I did. Yes. Yeah, I did it a second time. Um, when I rang them the third time, which was I had to wait 12 months in between. Ah, okay. When I went back the third time, I'd actually had another child and um, had turned 40. And they said, unfortunately, after 40, the eggs are not really viable for donation. Yeah. Um, and they would rather not um, put me through that again. So, so with the put you through that again, mm. what's that actually like? You know, so my only kind of... Um, I guess reference point for this is watching movies where yeah they are injecting they are injecting the woman and her hormones are through the roof and she's mm-hmm. perhaps not her best self. I didn't actually have very many side effects like mood. Do you think your husband would agree? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. Actually, I, I was working in um, West Perth at the time, mm-hmm. so driving from you know fifty kilometres south of that every day. Oh my god! And um, I. Had a, had a two-year-old, I think, at the time. Yeah, I think wow. Willow was two. Um, so backwards and forwards, children at childcare, very, very busy. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't an issue. We still kept on top of everything we needed to. I didn't seem to – sometimes when your hormones are chaotic and, you know, you all of a sudden you're watching a movie and, oh, my God, it's just so terrible and you burst into tears. I didn't have that sort of reaction. Yeah. So my hormones seemed to be fairly level. Um, I do remember breast tenderness though Mm. Um, and I didn't really have breast tenderness before that when it was um, PMT time. Yeah. Um, But uh, since I do. So Ah. I don't know if it was a side effect or – Yeah. Yeah. Just unfortunately. (laughs) So I have never really had much sense of feeling in them. Um, But afterwards, yeah, I do now. So – I don't know if it's a bonus or, or, mm. or a curse. but yeah. mm. <laughs> <laughs> And so with doing this, mm-hmm. and, and it's the same with your husband as, as well, mm-hmm. but do you have sort of thoughts that somewhere out there there's a part of you? Um, or perhaps there's 22 parts of you out yes, there? Yes, well, we often have a little bit of a laugh when someone says, how many children do you have? We go, well, I have four, but a possible uh, additional 22. And yeah. they look at you like, I beg your pardon. <laughs> and the whole family sort of has a little personal giggle because yeah. we all know what we're talking about. Um, obviously, with my husband donating sperm, could be hundreds. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, yeah, it is a bit funny. Um, I did get contacted um, about six months after my second donation asking for some additional tests for one of my medical conditions uh, because the person who wanted to um, accept my egg Mm. um, had a similar medical condition and they needed to know what section of... Okay. I have hemochromatosis, which is to say high high iron. Yeah. So um, you have a heterozygous 
side of it, which mm-hmm. is healthy, and you have a homozygous, which is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. So the homozygous, from my understanding, attacks the liver, etc. Yeah. Where the heterozygous just gives you high iron. So yeah. you just have to be careful on your iron levels and make sure that you know if you're not menstruating that you start to donate blood. Um, so they had that as well. Mm. So they needed to go through and make sure that mine would be compatible with theirs and not conflicting. Yeah. Um, and I have no idea whether they actually use the egg or not because they don't follow back up with that. Yeah. And I haven't looked on the register, so. So you can go onto the register and see whether or not, and does it actually tell you who? No. It tells you the sex. So if your egg was viable for somebody who um, has accepted your donation, it will let you know whether it was a male-producing or female-producing ovum. But you haven't done that? No, I haven't. Can I ask what stopped you? Um, I've been busy with my own life, for yeah. one. Yeah. Um, not needing to know, I suppose. Yeah. It's not mine. Yeah. Even though it's mine, it's not mine. Yeah. Um, if it grows in somebody else and it is their their child, they're raising it, yeah. then it's theirs, not mine. I sort of feel like I don't actually have a right to look it up. Yeah. I suppose. Perhaps, you know, in fifteen, twenty years time, perhaps I might have a look. Mm, or maybe as it gets close to but that sixteen actually, year mark. Actually it's about ten years now, so Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I do sort of think maybe one day I'll look it up. Um, if there's knocks at the door, definitely yeah. I'll be starting to get curious. But we haven't had anything come forward yet. So mm. it does sit in the back of your mind. You wonder, I wonder if, you know, you walk past a redhead and go, oh, I wonder if that could be mine. Yeah. Although I haven't produced any redheads myself. Oh, they're sort of heading there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and so with that in mind, mm-hmm. how do you think you would feel if you did have that knock at the door? I hope that the person has had a good life and they come to say thank you yeah. and not knock on the door and say, I've had an awful life, you cursed me. Oh. That's sort of what goes through my yeah. head. I would rather them knock at the door and say, thank you for giving me the opportunity of having a wonderful life with wonderful family mm. and wonderful parents. You did a great thing rather than why did you let somebody like that have your eggs because I've had a terrible life. That oh. That is one fear that does sort of creep up. Oh, I hadn't even up. thought about that. Yeah. And so the... The child can potentially contact you. Yes. Can the child's parents? So no. Th- they can't? No. Ah. No. It's only the ovum, the production yeah. of the ovum that can. Yeah. Ah, that's really interesting. Because yeah. uh, I don't know, would you like to hear from those parents to know that, um, you know that it's made a difference? It would be nice to know that you've done something good in the world, but yeah. I already know I've done something good because I gave my eggs already. So yeah, that's it. The the verification of the pat on the back, oh, you've done a great job, is is you know nice, but not necessary. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that yeah, that definitely makes sense. It's it's around the fact that whether or not whether or not a baby actually or a child or you know person came of that act, mm. you still you still were prepared to, you know, you still gave your eggs in order yeah. for that to happen. So yes. um, regardless of what the end result is. Mm. My sister struggled with um, pregnancy, um, miscarried a bit, um, and I often wondered if she would ever have to go down this a- this avenue. Mm. Lucky for her, she didn't have to go down that avenue, but watching her go through that sort of pain was um, 
it's sort of a psychological kick, I suppose, yeah. of, you know, if you could help somebody, you're helping somebody who struggles. Like yeah. you've seen somebody you know close to you struggle. You've seen other people struggle. Maybe yeah. you can help out. It doesn't some, matter whether you know them or not, you know, yeah. you're still helping that same, helping somebody try and overcome that pain. Yeah. Because not being able to produce is very painful. Mm. And I already know the answer to this because you tried to do it a third time, but would you do it again? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. if there was somebody else who's who's listening to this and who's maybe thinking about, thinking about whether or not they could donate eggs or, you know, if there's a man listening who thinking about whether they could donate spam, what would you say to them? Mm. Uh, I, I went to a reputable clinic. Mm. Um, they are in the city, so there's a little bit of distance for travel, I suppose. Um, be willing and prepared to be fondled because they <laughs> touch everything. <laughs> yeah, and, but they're not only touching everything, but they're into every every element of your life as every well. Every corner, yeah. They they check. Um, they ask you questions about um, your menstruating how whether it's regular yeah. whether you have any abnormalities anything goes wrong then they go through you know whether you have eyesight problems stiffness in the family they check absolutely everything yeah. with you so that whoever they're potentially giving your eggs to they have as much yeah. background as possible another odd question do you there's lots of odd questions i'm sorry monique it's okay <laughs> do you have a kind of thought fear so um, you donated in between your two youngest children. I did. Is there something out that you kind of think when they bring home potential partners? Yes. The thought are they going to be related? The yeah. <laughs> like, do you need to say, oh, honey, you know, before things get serious, maybe we need to think about having some genetic testing done? Yeah. Make sure you're not half siblings? I hope that um, at the point where my children will be sexually active, where is where it would probably count. Yeah. Um, that we've been able to meet the parents and have that conversation so that there is some sort of um, clarity on did you happen to have a donation because (laughs) we could be in trouble here. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, I I haven't broached that yet. My children, my two younger ones are still a bit young and my older ones won't date younger than them. So (laughs) it's kind of a bonus there. (laughs) But, yes, in between um, the older two, the younger two, um, the the thought does play in my mind, yes. Yeah. So with all that, Mm -hmm. what was the hardest part about donating? Uh, Probably the the surgery itself and the pain that you've got to go through, Mm. I think. Everything leading up to that is so supportive. Um, All the testing that they're doing to make sure that your entire body is safe for the procedure is fantastic. They're very good, very friendly, um, maybe because I was a donor, not yeah. rather than doing it my, for myself. Yeah. Um, but um, getting to the point. And a donor for an unknown person. Yeah. Yeah. So, which so, feels so much bigger. Like it's huge if you give, you donate for somebody who you know, but mm. just to help random strangers who you've never met because you read an article in a, in a paper. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's huge. Well, you know. It's, uh, we always try and do good with our lives mm. um, and give back where we can. And we, we all do that in one way or another. Some of us are a little bit more selfish than others. But I think, you know, deep down we're all good people and we yeah. all try somewhere. Um, some of us more than others, I suppose. That's mm. all. So, so with the, I guess, removing the eggs, mm-hmm. is that done with a needle? 
It is. Because um, I, I sort of can't really quite work out how they do that. I don't believe it's a needle as in like a punctury needle. Mm. I think it's more um, like a flat-ended needle because they get to the ovary and then extract the ovum. Okay. So I think they have like just a, like a long tube yeah. rather than a needle per yeah. se. Um, and then, of course, they need the suction to be able yeah, to, to get them out. So, yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know what. I just assumed that they kind of... It's not needle as in I'm going to stab you in the belly. Well, that's what I thought they did. No, they go vaginally. Yeah. Yeah. That must be a really decent sized needle though. Yeah. Mm. I would think so. Mm. (laughs) I can imagine why that was uncomfortable. Yes. So... But it can't have been too bad because you went back and did it again. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. It was only sore literally for the day. Yeah. So I was tired. I think it was more the uh, anesthesia than... Yeah. Than um, the actual uh, extraction, mm. um, but it was just it was like having it's not even a bad period. It was just it was just a little pain. Yeah, just a little bump in the belly type thing, discomfort. Yeah, type stuff. Yeah. And then, do they last? Do the eggs last a certain amount of time? They cryo freeze them, so mm. I have no idea how long they last. So if if they come to the end of I'm not. I'm going to use shelf life. So if they yep. come to the end of their shelf life, do they contact you and say, "Hey, do you want these back?" No. So they just because it's a donation. Yeah. Okay. If it was yours, they yeah. probably would. I've heard of people having them um, in cryo frozen for however long for yeah. themselves. Yeah. When they're trying and they might not be able to afford the process or whatever, so they have it set aside for yeah. when they are able to get back to that point. And I mean, it's not, of course, it's not just financial. Some people have that psychological issues where they yeah. just need to stop yeah. for a bit and, and recuperate. So. But because it's a donation, you've given yeah. it, so it's, it's not, not mine anymore. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what you'd do with it if they said, do you want these back? Yeah, not really. (laughs) (laughs) I've got my four children. I probably don't need to have one surgically implanted if I want another one. (laughs) Not unless you can make it a boy. Yeah. If you can make it a boy, that might be different. (laughs) (laughs) You've got one boy. I have one boy, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Three girls. Yeah, I've got one one boy. boy. One's enough. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They are a handful. Yeah. And so for, I guess if somebody's family member what what was the um i guess the weirdest response that you had from a family member when you were telling them that you were likely to do this actually i didn't have any weird responses at all from my my children and my husband very supportive uh my dad said why the hell would you want to do that Mm. um as soon as i said why he went oh fair enough yeah um so yeah no weird responses per se and nobody had any moral objections to it or anything like that no yeah oh that's awesome um, and if you saw, I guess if you met somebody whose family member was thinking about donating eggs, mm-hmm. what would you say to them? I would explain the situation that I had gone through, mm-hmm. um, the procedure, um, and offer my support if necessary, um, if they needed support. I have yeah. had a friend who had to go through IVF. Um, she went back seven times oh. before she was able to actually have children. Um, she had one one boy and um, unfortunately she can't have anaesthetic. So she was awake through the whole procedure and she said it was quite painful yeah, to have the procedure done whilst awake mm. um, and they were only able to extract five eggs mm. from her. So 
Um, she went through the process, um, as I said, seven times before she was able to have a child and then she had one and she said, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. It was very, very painful for her, obviously not being able to have anaesthetic. But um, she said she wouldn't have uh, stopped if she hadn't gotten the baby. Yeah. She would have tried again. Yeah. Um, she's very, very happy, obviously, with her boy. He's the same age as Willow, actually. Mm. And so. so I guess for you comes down to how I guess how important it feels for you to be a mum and wanting to make sure that people who are struggling you know who they have aspirations to be parents that they actually have that ability to be able to fulfill that dream definitely and yeah if you I guess if you had come come across anybody who had been against the idea or if you were talking to somebody who was going to go through this and they were coming up against somebody who was against the idea Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts about what you would say to them? It's none of your business in the first place, <laughs> probably, would be the first thing out of my mouth. But um, I generally... You like, haven't got anything nice to say. Don't say anything at all. Well, there's always that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've always liked to listen to people's reasons as to why they think it's wrong. Um, generally, in some discussions over the years, I've heard people say it's against religious belief. Um, it's not what God intended. If they shouldn't have children, why would you give them the opportunity? Um, I believe that um, maybe sometimes God is wrong. Well, here's another you know? thought. As somebody who's not a religious person, despite the fact I said I was worried I'd accidentally become a nun, it was very unlikely given that we're not a religious family. <laughs> but could you not look at it that actually if God didn't want people to have children when they were struggling, he wouldn't invent – he wouldn't – create scientists who were able to come up with methods like this yes so actually maybe we're just we're just god's plan just looks a little bit different there's the old story of the man in the boat and he got um capsized and stranded and somebody came along and offered him a lift and he said no 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 it's okay god i believe yeah, in god yeah. he will save me and then he ends up drowning yeah and turns up at the pearly gates and he says why didn't you save me he said i sent you a boat yeah. what more did you want <laughs> what buddy? more do you want that was my that was my outstretched yeah. hand that's it so yeah if if yeah if we weren't supposed to be doing this there wouldn't be the opportunity or or you know know how we wouldn't have learnt the knowledge on how yeah. to yeah yeah so yeah but having if I was faced with it, I think having the opportunity to help somebody, support somebody in giving them the opportunity to experience life like that mm. is a miracle in itself. Mm. Um, and for somebody to sit there and shun that is really sad on their part. Oh, I forgot a question. Um, so I asked you what the hardest part of the process was. Mm-hmm. What was the best part of the process? A little bit of euphoria, knowing I'm helping somebody achieve some joy that I already have. But um, on a little side note, a selfish note, I know that my body had no cancer at the time. Yeah. (laughs) The screening was so damn good. Yeah. That, um, yeah, there was absolutely no way that there was anything wrong with my body or they wouldn't have gone ahead. I was thinking, you know, some added bonuses there. Not many people get that many screenings (laughs) and, um, and going through and, you know, did you have genetic testing as well as part of that? No, I don't think they do genetic ah, okay. testing. But they did They did um, do the blood test to find out what the hemochromatosis was that yeah. I had and the exact ratio of yeah. what it is, etc. So um, that was something I didn't know beforehand. Yeah. So I wasn't able to donate blood before and I can now. So ah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So not only did you get the $1,000. Yes. 
<laughs> but a whole heap of testing that um, gave you the health all clear. Yes, it did. Which must have been, you know, I suppose there's a little party that has something going, oh, gosh, you know, anything could be happening and we don't know about yeah, it and you yeah. hear all these awful stories. So I definitely felt a sigh of relief uh, for about six months afterwards going, woohoo, there's yeah. absolutely no chance I have anything wrong. So, yeah, yeah it, it did give you that little happy. Did you have to go through all of the um, all of those screenings for the second time as well? Yes. Yeah. Was you have that, to go through both. Was that because – and so you had to go through all the psychological screenings? No, the, the psychological – because it was the same place. I yeah. didn't have to do the psychological screening again. Mm. Um, but they do do the physical, medical, et cetera, because they need to make sure that everything is okay. Nothing's happened in the yeah. meantime. Yeah. yeah. And that was just because – so you'd had – how long in between? between the both um i think it was three years between yeah, two three years because i'd had, had a child in between in as well yeah. yeah um but you have to wait a year is that what you said uh every 12 months i did it yeah, yeah. i was trying to do it yeah. yeah uh i was just wondering whether or not if you'd done it sooner would you still need to do those tests but i imagine you would because no, i think you still have a lot to go of stuff through it just to make sure months. that there aren't any abnormal cells yeah is abnormal cells will grow at 10 times the rate under the hormonal treatment. Yeah. The same as when you're pregnant. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say because obviously you'd had a baby as well in that time. Yeah. Anything that could have been brewing yes, may have... That we didn't know about yeah, yeah would have surfaced. Yeah. yeah. So they double check. Yeah. And what about your husband? Did he find any positives for you going through this? Um, I haven't actually asked him because... <laughs> it was your just, journey, not yeah, his. Yeah, it was my journey. He was supportive, which yeah. was great. Um, and he made sure that I didn't need anything. He would make sure I've got my needle and I'm okay. And he was just really, really supportive. Um, he always is, which is great. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think there's anything extra there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, any final thoughts at all? No, I think I'd do it again if I could, but being too old, obviously I can't. Um, do you think your kids will after having seen you do this? Um, not sure. Um, my my fourteen year old, who you know, she's obviously coming into womanhood, mm. etc. Says she's not having any children. Yeah. So um, whether she would or wouldn't, I don't know. Mm. The younger one reckons she's going to have five kids. So. <laughs> you know, I wanted eight. Yes, and then I had one. Yeah. <laughs> Re- rethought that process. Yeah. <laughs> we do tend to re re. Uh, establish our priorities yeah. there, do we yeah that's it yeah. um, okay well thank you so much for all of your thoughts today i really Thanks. appreciate that i've learned so much i honestly didn't know well i didn't know what i didn't know but i didn't know what any of the process was like i uh, i sort of can't obviously i knew that people donated eggs and sperm mm. but i had no idea how you would actually start that so mm. um well in the nitty gritties of it um, they take the ovum on the day of ovulation because that's when they're ready for in fertilisation. Yeah. Um, you can't get pregnant before that. You can't get pregnant after yeah. that. It's only on that day. So that's why they take it on that particular day. Um, I could tell you why you have a girl and, and how you have a boy as Go well. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you were to have sex with somebody who's really quite active, it's less likely that you'll have a boy because the male sperm is weaker than the female sperm. If you were to have intercourse uh, up to, I think it's eight days prior to ovulation, the female sperm, the male sperm dies very quickly within Mm. hours, but the female sperm goes to sleep 
Um, so it just sort of nestles in on the fallopian tubes. Or... I'm sorry, that is not what my household is like. <laughs> it is definitely the boys in my household that I are snuggling know. down for a sleep. I know. <laughs> but no, it's the girls in that particular instance. And um, when the ovum is released, it actually sends out a pheromone that wakes them back up and then they swim up ah. to the egg. If you have intercourse on the day of ovulation, that's where you're more likely to have a boy. Huh, there you so, go. There you go. And I suppose maybe it's different for each person. I don't know whether or not you would know this. But when they have the egg, mm-hmm. can they just implant that into the potential mother or do they have to – so if you're doing the donor eggs, do they have to actually fertilise it and implant the fertilised egg? I believe they fertilise it first yeah. to make sure it will take. Yeah. Once it's taken, then they put it back in. Yeah, because I know obviously if you're, um, you know, if you're using your own eggs that are – still inside you and they're not taking them out then they Mm. can just kind of put the sperm in and then it turkey based it yeah yeah that's it there was a lady there that did that actually yeah she was a single mum um and bought sperm yeah so she had to go in for a checkups we're all sitting in a room all gas bagging um yeah and she'd gone in and bought her own sperm so she could have a baby by herself so they do do that too Mm. yeah um so i and i guess that's kind of part of this is that there are there are lots of different ways to become a parent mm. and you know, often, you know, I think you were saying before about um, when you have people in your life who perhaps are struggling to have children, yeah. you kind of think, well, there's, you know, where did I come from? Oh, well, a m- when a mummy and a daddy love each other very much. <laughs> um, the stork comes flying by. That's it. <laughs> Drops them off and that'd be nice. Um, but there are so many different ways to have babies and it's not, yeah. you know, Yes, when a mummy and a daddy love each other very much is probably... A nice traditional fairy tale to tell your kids. And uh, maybe the easier option. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nice when that's when it is just a case of that's how it happens. Um, but sometimes there are medical procedures involved and giant needles <laughs> and turkey basters and, yep. um, you know, or looking at adoption. There's there's lots yeah. of different ways to become a parent. and Fostering. And, yeah. They're short on fosterers, so. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not just a case of having two parents who are married and decide, you know, yeah. decide to you have a child. You don't even have to be married these days. So. Well, no, most definitely not. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely not. So, but yeah, thank you very much for being part of today's podcast. I really appreciate it. As I said, I've learned so much because I wasn't part of my journey. So I just didn't know anything about it. And um, what I really love about this podcast is getting a chance to talk to, you know, you can read it in a book, yes, but it's not the same. So it's really great for me to get to talk to people and go, okay, no, just take this back again. What was that actually like? (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit like pregnancy and birth. Everybody's is different. It really is. Yeah, no, most definitely. But I think that with that comes, um, I guess, the more that we can share and the more people that we can talk to, mm-hmm. the more we can break down some of this stigma about it. And that, Definitely. Um, yeah, and I just I just keep saying it over and over again, but it's not just when a mum and a daddy love each other very much. No. There are so many different options. But how many times do we talk? I didn't know. I mean, I've known you for a little while now. A few years. Yeah. I didn't know that you'd been through this mm. and you're quite an open person, obviously, oh, yeah. based on the fact that we're chatting here today. But yes. how many other people have been through IVF and don't talk about it? Mm, you know? Yeah, because it's, it's not um, 
it's not taboo per se, but it's very personal. It is very personal. So yeah. personal doesn't always get shared. Yeah, which is tricky because then if you're going through it or, you know, for example, if you've got friends who are going through donating for um, for other people, or whether that's strangers or people they know, do they then become concerned about sharing it and so that journey is really quite isolating because do Mm. you know other people who have donated no no No. i don't no i'm the only person i do know the um article i read which prompted me for this in the first place had said that these this couple that were looking for the eggs they were 88th on the list they'd been on the list for eight years and had only come down to 80th on the list they just do not have enough donations Oh, my goodness. So that was about 10 years ago. That was about 10 years ago. So it'd be interesting to know what those stats are now. And I will Mm. try and have a look, see if I can find them before this podcast goes out. But, you know, that's that's huge to be 88th or 80th on the list and to be eight years waiting. Yeah, it's like a year. You're not going to be able to have children at 80. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) No, if they were waiting that long, yeah, they would never be able to have that miracle baby that they were hoping to have. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's really um, – and was, did you happen to see if there was a follow-up to see whether or not they did actually end up getting their miracle baby? No. Seriously, they need to do they follow-ups do on follow this up. thing. No, they I didn't get, do a follow-up. I get invested. I know. I know. No, they didn't do a follow-up. I did keep an eye on the paper for the next 12 months and, yeah. and there was nothing. And then, of course, they, within that 12 months, that's when I was starting to donate. And I said to them, would those couples still like it? Yeah. They said no. So they're, they're not interested at the moment. So, so whether they didn't that means tell they've me had they a baby. Can't, yeah, yeah, no, of course. Whether they they've had a baby details. or whether they've gone, you know what, we can't yeah. we can't do this anymore. It's all too much and yeah. too hard. Yeah. So. so I went through Pivot Medical Centre mm-hmm. and they are in Leaderville. Because ah, that's what I was wondering whether so. or not, um, you know, obviously you said that you went through a, a proper clinic and mm-hmm. – I think, yes, I think anything that's in a back alley with a folding table may be avoided. Definitely not a clinic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not one that I would want to go no, to. No, anyway. that's it. Um, but I wouldn't even know. Are there many clinics around? I only know of a couple and um, Pivot had the best recommendations that yeah. I had seen. Um, and they were the ones who actually posted the article in the newspaper as well, which is why I contacted them directly. Yeah. Uh, there was another group that I went to to see if they would take my eggs after I was 40 uh, and yeah. they said no, they, they said didn't no do well. it. They said you, basically anybody you contact is going to tell you no because yeah. the donation – people don't want an egg from somebody who's over 40 is the it's, problem. It's really hard, isn't it? I'm, mm. And I'm going off on a tangent, which is very unlike me. But if you're 88th on a waiting list, mm. then – you wouldn't think it would matter. Yeah, that's I it. I struggle. So, um, you know, with you saying about blood donation, mm. I was in the UK yeah. and so I can't be a blood or an organ donor because of that. And you think, can you not just wash it? Like if somebody's going to die, surely my potential mad cow blood or... Potential. Like yeah. it's, you haven't got it. No, that's if it. If you haven't got symptoms by now, but the potential of it being so there. So would we rather somebody die mm. than risks having the potential blood that I could give that saves them? Or, you know, God forbid, an organ. Yeah. So same with, yes, your your ovary is over 40 years old. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's because um, the later, obviously, that you are pregnant, the more chance of Down syndrome and other birth defects. So that's, I think that's what comes into play there. Yeah. And look, I get it. It's 40 years old. Like, yeah, says, you know, 
I'm not that much younger than you. So 40 isn't that old, obviously. No. But for reproductive purposes, yeah. 40 is on the older end of the scale. Mm. Um, and yeah. I get it. And they're not – it's not being used now. It's potentially being frozen and being kept mm. for how long and we don't know how long that how that impacts it. Yes. But still give it a crack. My husband and I talked about having another child. You're insane. Uh, I know. I know. <laughs> Um, but um, my daughter has already had a child and that sort of gave me the wake-up call of it's not my turn anymore. Yeah. Um, but to sit down and do the math, mm-hmm. my child, by the time I'm 60, I'm getting ready to retire and my child is just, just coming of age. Yeah. It's just cruel to think that you're not going to be around for them. Mm. Between 60 and 70, if you get to that, you know, you're pretty lucky. Yeah. So my child would be just coming into adulthood and I'd be saying goodbye. Like, it's yeah. just not enough. I'm never going to see them get married, never going to see them have children. So Saying that though, right now you're never going to see them get married or have children either. You no, know, so. It's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not that I'm trying to talk you into having another baby. So no. if your husband listens to this, I promise that was not my intention. <laughs> no, my daughter's already had a child. He's, um, he's just turned 10. Yeah. So um, I had my last one and nine months later, my daughter had her first one. So yeah. She was eldest. getting in quick to tell you that that's enough, Mom. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, take my hat off. It's not my turn. It's the, the next generation's turn. Yeah. So. And, you know, whether or not that next generation is still biologically somewhat linked to you mm. because whether those eggs are still sitting there frozen that other people are still yeah, able to access I don't know because I didn't access the um, oh my goodness. database. I I'm so bit... nosy. I so want to go, oh. let's just log in and have a look. Go on. <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm nervous to do it. So because I'm nervous, I sort of um, avoid it, I yeah. guess, a little bit. I'm not sure if I want to know. Mm. I could have five boys out there and then get really upset that I've only got one at yeah. home, you know. So, But at the same time. That's five gifts that you've given to different families. It is. That's yeah. huge. And and as I said, even if even if no babies are out there, it's still a massive gift that you've given mm. that people had the opportunity to be able to to be able to try that. It's just yeah. it's amazing. I just I absolutely take my hat off to you. I Oh, thanks. <laughs> I, I just yeah, it's fantastic. Like I said, the pat on the back's nice, but it's uh, the Well, gift I know you didn't come there, in just so, so I could say well done. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> I could have done that via text message. It was fine. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I've wrapped it up three times now. I'm actually going to wrap it up this. No, no, it's my fault. I go off on tangents and um, I'm not very good at ending things because I was like, oh, hang on. I've just thought of another question. Um, But I'm just checking. I think, oh, yeah, no, my my thing was just around the, um, you know, you're nervous and you're not sure. I really think that perhaps getting some counselling in the next three to four years so it might be imminent. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, kind of two years after that, you could start having those knocks on yeah. the door. And um, I'm prepared for the knock at the door. I am. Yeah. I just my might be my nice fear. if it was less of a shock, though. You know. Yeah. No. My my fear is that they will have had uh, difficulties in their life and blame me for giving myself over mm. or uh, you know I'm, and I'm, I'm hoping it's more the other way there, where they've yeah. had a fantastic life and they're grateful for being here and part of this world surely I'll say this with as much hope and you know as anything but mm. surely if parents are that desperate for a baby that yeah. they're going through IVF and and donate because it's not cheap to have a baby through IVF mm, no. and going through that process Surely they must see that baby as an absolute miracle 
and that baby must be cherished and, and loved and they're likely to have an amazing life. You would think so. I'm really going to hope so. It would be so hard to think of it in any other way. Yeah, let's not. Let's it's stick just, with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> definitely. Because that really works for my beautiful picture of the way the world should That's work. It, yeah. yeah, definitely. No, if you're going to go through the, the hard yards of putting those uh, acceptances that your body can't do it oh, yeah. as well and going, but I still want my own I still want to have that uh, ability to carry and still have the experience of the pregnancy and the birth and you go through all that hassle to get there and then the amount of financial cost on top yes I would hope that at the end of that the person receiving it is um, blessed and knows that they are blessed yeah because it is definitely a blessing and yeah all babies bring blessings Mm. And I think that is a beautiful place to actually for me to press the stop button. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining me today. I very much appreciate it. As I said, I've learned so much and um, it's really made me think. So thank you. And I look forward to chatting with you later. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of A Hidden World of Women, a podcast brought to you by Women's Health and Wellbeing Services. For more information on the services we offer, head to whws.org.au or Women's Health and Wellbeing Services on YouTube and social media. Looking forward to the next episode where we uncover the hidden world of women.